Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 152 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who is playing Dark Souls before Dark Souls with me tonight? You have somebody, if you weren't looking and underneath the table and happened to press a button, at America from Talk Games, Chew Bubblegum. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know we were supposed to have a witty opening, but I'm Daniel Melman from, I guess, south of here. South of where I am. I don't know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Minnesota, so and he's in Virginia, right? Yeah. So you could be south of us easily. Well, right now I'm north, but I am from oh, okay. south. <laughs> Oh no, we never really tell people about the witty thing. I don't even always do it. It just it, it all of a sudden it just it just came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So before we get too far, a couple things I want to say is one, we have a Christmas. Wait, no, when you're hearing this, I have a new poll, and I for, we have a new Patreon poll. I don't know what it is right now because I forgot to think of it before I recorded this podcast. So go check out our Patreon poll for as little as a dollar. You can go vote in our Patreon. I don't know what it's going to be. I have an idea that it might be. Well, no, it. I know it's going to be. It's going to be what MCU show should we watch and review? Hawkeye, which should be done, will be done by the time that this poll ends. Or should be, if not, well, we'll just record a little later. Hawkeye, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki. You get to decide what we're going to cover. You choose. And there will be, midway through this episode, a Steam Code giveaway, because I have too many to give away. So listen for that. And then I'll introduce what we're going to be talking about. As you heard in the opening, I, my joke, which you will hear many times throughout this episode, I'm sure. Uh, we are going to be talking about Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, which came out in NES or back in 1988, and then the Famicom Disk System for, in 1987. Oh my god. Made by Nintendo, of course. Yeah. One year after the first, they were really going hard. Yeah. But games were different then. Yeah. <laughs> this is a game that I've never played before, and I have, like, because I, when I first got into emulation, that's when I first found out that Zelda 2, well, I mean, I knew of it, but that's the first time I ever tried it. And I think I played for maybe five minutes and turned the game off because I'm like, this is hard. And, I, mm. and it was stupid. And I never played it since until I had the wonderful idea that I was going to put this on the show. And I'm, I'm like, we should play Zelda 2. And then I started to play Zelda 2 and went, oh, God, what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved I loved our uh, messaging system that we had going on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, what, the, the, are you using save states? Are you rewinding? And then Daniel's like, no, I didn't use any of that. It's like, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I wanted to see what it would have been like. And the, the little hints I got in that, uh, in that message thread were definitely useful. I don't think I would have found that mirror otherwise. <laughs> so the mirror was a joke that Adam made in the opening. There is one part in this game. You have to go to a table in a house and duck underneath the table and you get an item. The game does not tell you that in any shape or form. And why you would duck under a table, I don't know. But that, there it is. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the hardest <laughs> puzzle in the game. Like, it's the only house without anything else in it. So maybe that's how you're supposed to do it. But I was just mashing B going through that town. And, oh, here's the mirror. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my first. Like, I have no idea what to do. I've already beat, like a dungeon or I can't even remember where I was at this point, but I was like, all right, time for the walkthrough. I started this game with a walkthrough and a map. I was actually going to go to FedEx office and print a world map of this game so I could have it to help me while I was playing it. But I beat the game before I got to go to print my map. So I, I didn't print my map, but I use it on my phone. <laughs> the maps are cool. Like the, the manual for this game is so beautiful and they have, you know, one of those like Lord of the Rings style maps of just like, here's Hyrule. And it just feels like this great journey. Also, I just double checked. To be fair, the mirror is optional. You don't actually need the oh. life spell. 
Yeah, you but you probably need a life spell. Probably There's no way spell. around that. So one thing we should say is this is the same Link from the first Zelda, but not the same Zelda from the first Zelda. <laughs> yes, as, and yes. I, I and think this we game, all out after we beat the game. <laughs> Yes, because there there is no story in this game. I mean, there is a story, but there's not much. You, all you get in the opening of this game is Link Zelda sleeping. I think she's been under a curse, and you have to go save her. The most of the story, which NES era, is in the instruction book, but, which of course none of us had because you know it's 2021. So I'm looking at the instruction book because I'm finally like, all right, I I didn't check it out. I want to open it up. This instruction booklet for NES was 52 pages long, and I won it. I'm going to go on eBay after this because it is like you said, the art in it is amazing. It's so detailed. Like none of this would have helped me during the game, but it is just I want this just for the like little pictures of Link. And there's so much story in it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this was a time where you had to put story in, you know, in your manuals. Oh, by the way, the manual is only ten dollars on eBay. So, yeah, I I need it. (laughs) That way you'll, you'll know to hold the reset button when you turn the system off. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. There's, a, there's a lot of little things to this game like i mean just getting into it like i you know we didn't know it was because the instruction book tells us so supposedly the same link apparently when link did the first zelda game he's only 10 years old 10 and in this game he's 16 I wow guess. but apparently in between zelda 1 and zelda 2 he dropped all his items and threw them away somewhere and got really weak and then started this adventure to be fair he doesn't level up at all on the first game no but he had hearts that he got well, yeah, but weird things happen when you hit puberty. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, the, the forces of Ganon are gathering. Maybe they're just hitting uh, harder. And I didn't realize it with the same link. And I also didn't realize, like, I guess the Zelda that you're saving is Zelda from 100 years ago that's been sleeping mm-hmm. or something like that. And all of a sudden, the Triforce of Courage just showed up on his hand and he has to go get it. Or... Yeah. Uh, so sh- should I just summarize the, the plot here real quick? Sure, please. The backstory. So it's it's after Zelda 1, uh, a mysterious symbol appears on the back of Link's hand, which kind of stays around in the other games. Like, you see it near the end of Ocarina. So he goes to Impa, the princess's caretaker. She's like, oh, I know what that is. So they go to this altar that's been sear- sealed for over 100 years, and inside there's a woman sleeping. She's like, this is Princess Zelda. She was put under a curse by a wizard years ago who was trying to find the power of the Triforce. There are apparently three Triforces. They have wisdom and power, but can't find courage. So she's like, yeah, in order to restore this stuff, you need to break this curse and find the Triforce by putting gems in these six temples to destroy the barrier that the court wizard, the good guy, set up. It's a little confusing. There are too many wizards. Phineas <laughs> era. But yeah, it's it's neat that Oh, you saved Princess Zelda. All the princesses are named Zelda in honor of this comatose woman. Um, <laughs> and now you are this legendary prophesied hero off on another quest, which I think is a, a cool setup. It is. I have always been wanting to play this game. That's why it's on here. I mean, because I, I knew a little bit of the story before, because when I was a kid, I had a Zelda coloring book that had stuff from the first Zelda and this game. You know, I never had played either of them at the time. I only played Link to the Past. So I've always been interested. Like, I know, like, the Impa in here is essentially an old woman. That looks mm-hmm. that's how she looks. I'm assuming it's from the instruction book also. Yeah. I don't... Now I'm pulling up the instruction book again. Because my see. coloring book, it was an old she's, woman. She's usually portrayed as an old woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think there was, like, a part in Breath of the Wild where you see her young, but that's it. In Ocarina of Time, she's younger. Yeah. And Skyward Sword has time travel, so it's pretty wild. <laughs> About that. But she shows up as an old woman. 
Oh, well, spoilers, it has time travel. <laughs> I mean, when a game is that old and I have purposely not played it on purpose, I can't feel. You know, when I get to a point where I don't know things about a game, that's just like, I'm just amazed sometimes. This has happened <laughs> with a few games where I was like, a big cliffhanger. I'm like, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Skyward Sword is how they kind of link all the games in the series together. It, they do it pretty well. Hmm. One day. I, I was going to say, I wish I didn't know that because I, I, I don't well. have any any desire to play that one. I do on the Switch because I don't have to play with most controls. I like that game. I think that's a good game. I, you know, one day. It, it's gonna. It's, I'm gonna play it, and I'm gonna be like, "Why did I wait so long?" Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one thing, one of the gimmicks in Zelda Two is that this game is not a top-down action game like you had the first Zelda and Zelda Three, Link's, or Zelda Link's Awakening and Zelda and Link's of the Past. This one is a 2D side scroller like a Mario, except you don't jump very well and you have a sword and hit things, and you actually get experience points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind, kind of a little Dragon different. Quest influence there. I mean, it's uh, cool. Like, I was always excited for the fact, like, what I mean, that you had experience points in this game. I thought that was a, a really cool thing. I'm like, okay, I can level up, even though level ups aren't really. You get very little experience too, because well, Dan, you'd made this comment before when we before we recorded where the Famicom version actually has less experience necessary to level up. Yeah, by by the end, I think you need around double. It doesn't make a ton of a diff- uh, that much of a difference, or at least didn't to me, because you automatically level up when you finish a dungeon. Yeah. So if you kind of grind out those early levels a little bit, you'll end up at the level cap. Level cap, I think, is too low also. Really? Yeah. Just I because did. you're not powerful enough, or, or you wish you didn't reach it so soon? I just feel like... It it's you you're not powerful. Like I got to level eight for everything, which is the max at the end. And then I went and then I saw I could get more experience. So I went to level nine. I went to get more and fill up another bar to get to level nine. And I went to go use it and nothing happened. I'm like, really? You get an extra life. <laughs> oh, that's what it did. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't worthless, but still, I mean, I just felt that there should be more levels because you should be able to get stronger than what I was. And I would have <laughs> gladly grinded longer. Yeah, I didn't level. I didn't max out all my stuff. I think the only one I maxed out was life. Magic was sitting at six, and I think my attack was like six or seven. Okay. And it, by maxing out your life, it doesn't give you more life bars. You have to get hearts to get more life bars. But mm-hmm. what it does, it makes you take less damage. Yeah. You essentially and, have more life. And magic doesn't increase the amount of MP you have. It decreases the amount spells take. You yes. need magic containers. And you do need all of those to complete the game. In the other big stumbling block in this mm-hmm. game for me with the puzzles. Whew. I mean, so, the fact that you have to get all these things just to finish the game and the townsfolk, some give you helpful hints, but some give you nothing. Yeah, and how things are hidden in the game is there's an overworld. So when you're walking to towns or through the forest or stuff like that, and when you're in the overworld, it's top down. And randomly, you can walk on a square and you're all of a sudden, like, you know, you're looking for like a, a points bag. Or there could be like a little doll. Um, then they're just they're set, but there's no hints to hey, you have to go seven blocks down, eight blocks to the left from this town to unlock you know you know step in that square. I usually found hints. I I thought they did a pretty good job of telegraphing them. Really? Um, there's yeah. a f- you some townsfolk will say stuff. Yeah, and I and I got that like hey you know from here, but it's so short. Like the palace has a fake wall. Yep. Like, Okay, that's a that's a lot of walls in that palace. I did, <laughs> and, but there's also stuff like, oh, the master lives in the far in this specific forest, mm-hmm. so I knew which forest to come. Or there's a hidden tunnel to the south of the king's tomb, and when you go to the king's tomb, there's an old lady saying, "Yo, this is the king's tomb." There's nothing else there that. Oh, the so that's how, okay. 
yeah, yeah. In the manual, there's this like lavish illustration of it, and it's there's there's nothing there whatsoever. I didn't like the the hit the way how hidden stuff was or how you have to heal. I didn't. I had to look up how to do it. You have to go and in each town, almost every town you go to, you'll find a woman that comes out of a house in a red dress. You talk to her, and she'll take you in the house and heal you. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. I didn't get that at first. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Oh, I was talking to everybody, Same. and then yeah, it was like, "Hey, you should stop by." It's like, "Oh, like, this sprite is heals health. This sprite heals magic." Yes, and I was like, "All right, all right, lady, I'll come see you." <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, reminded me of Grand Theft Auto before Grand Theft Auto. It 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 was a little suggestive. I I I always yes. made jokes about that with my friends as a kid. But it's just like, "Oh, follow me. I'll help you." And then you didn't Grand Theft Auto when you when you got hookers, it heals your health, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what. It, yeah, I mean, it's also a cool thing that this game has towns, like because Zelda mm-hmm. One didn't have towns, so you actually have multiple towns strewn across this world map that you're traveling, and one of them is a is a ruined town, which plays a little bit apart. But it's a very, I mean, it's a very cool game. Like what they did is very interesting. It's just so if this game wasn't as hard as it is, it would be. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, in the first game, there are just people hiding out in caves, and I I think. A small part of Zelda 2's overworld is supposed to be one's overworld. It's just this place where there aren't really people. But okay. it feels like so much more of a place. Like, oh, there's a kingdom here. People live here. Uh, you know, there's no big castle in the middle like you see in all the later games. But, you know, you don't need a castle to have a kingdom. No, it did feel like an actual like continent that you were on, like a, like a country or something of that nature. Also, as someone who grew up playing the N64 Zelda games... I liked how all the sages in Ocarina of Time are named after these towns. Yeah. With the, with the suggestion that the towns are named after the sages. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Uh, I mean, thing. Cool, was cool Mita a sage, of this though? game. Mita like, wasn't a sage. Traversing so. the world map was really interesting, too. Like, these different things that you had to do in different places you would go to and finding the little Link dolls was strange. But, you know, cool, because those are your extra lives. <laughs> but it was... It was unique. Like you even get like one thing about almost every town you go to, you'll get spells in town too, which you have to do certain things. Like for one, you have to go and find a random trophy in a cave, bring the trophy back, talk to the right person. It's like, oh, hey, come on in. And then you come into her house, you walk through her house, and you go into like a little dungeon area. And then you go and see a wizard, and he gives you a spell. And I thought yeah. that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like the hint where it's like no one's in the church, but the bell rings every day on the hours, so you know to cast the jump spell and jump up into the church's bell tower to find a hidden tower there. Just cool, cool stuff. You see that sort of town design. Well, maybe it was Ada ringing the bell and then, and then Link said, oh, it must be bingo. But it, it, it does. I mean, it does give you hint. I mean, there, mm-hmm. I don't think any of the hints are really as like obscure as Castlevania two would have been. Cause I think Castlevania two completely lies to you. Right. If I remember correctly, yeah, the townspeople are lying to you. Okay. I've never played Castlevania two ever yet. I want to, but it never happened yet. I, I haven't pushed through that one myself either. And I love Castlevania. I should. Yeah, no, it'll happen. It's going to be on the show one day. So, it needs, yeah, I need to play it. There are people who want to help you. It's like, hey, go back to Error, which you thought might have just been a system message. But nope, that's his name. <laughs> I thought it was a system message. I yeah, am yeah, originally he had a name, but when it came out, it pulled out his Error, and they just left it in there. Well, later on, you go to someone who's like, hey, go see Error and Rudo. Mm-hmm. So they definitely knew that was his name. Uh, fair. Okay. I think I think they I because I, I remember reading something and they just kept it in there as error or something like that. It's it's a memorable name. I solved that puzzle. Mm. That, that is fair. I knew exactly where he was. 
I mean, another thing interesting about this game, it has a lot of, like, as you walk across the world map, one, you'll have random battles where enemies will spawn every eight seconds, I think it is, or mm. soul. There's there's a timer built in, and then they'll come to you, and you'll fight them or run from them, however you want to play it. You just have to get out of the zone. And then also, like, you will have areas as you're walking on tiles that will give you to, if they call them kind of trap, but they'll take you different areas. Like, you try to cross a bridge, you'll end up in a 2D side-scroller bridge, or you have to jump across it and travel, or you'll end up in... Like a one part, you have a wall, enemies throwing things at you, and you have to get past them. Like this very interesting little concept that this game had that I I did like. It's a lot of variety with those yeah. encounters. Like they kind of teach you the enemy types before you go into the dungeons, uh, except the palace guards, which have a very weird name, which I'm going to look up now. Iron knuckles. Yeah, iron knuckles. That's it. Yeah. But you sort of need to either have this parry duel that'll always kill you, or just learn that if you jump slash them, they'll always take damage. Yeah, jump um, slashing works amazing on them. Yeah, like boomerangs you need to block with your shield. I really enjoyed the the feel of the shield in this game. You have just high and low, and you're kind of trying to outmaneuver your enemies. I thought the combat in this game felt fantastic. Like, I really love the feel of this game. How Link moves and fights. Yeah, the, the shield thing, I don't know what it is. In a bunch of Zelda games, I never feel like I have control over the shield. Like, you have to stay perfectly still block and to block something. This one... It, if something was jumping at me, yeah, I knew where the hitbox for my shield was and I could block it every time. And yeah, some of those sword fights with the iron knuckles, like I loved them like high, low, 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 high. Like it, it felt like a sword fighting game, like back. It reminded me of Nidhogg, if that makes mm. any sense. <laughs> I thought a little about, I thought a little of Nidhogg. Yeah. Yeah. And I was playing this game on discord and streaming it and I reached a certain point and I was like, all right, who wants to play Nidhogg? I'm in a mood mode. <laughs> that game's so good. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed that. And then near the end, I, and I, we'll get into it, but there was just so many different like enemy varieties that my tactic was, all right, I'm jumping. I am down spiking over their heads and I'm running. Yeah. The, the knife throwing iron knuckles, uh, and the weird bird creatures in the end, which I just thought of as Chozo because big Metroid fan. <laughs> I, I, I was I messaged the group and I'm like, hey, h- how are you dealing with these? And everyone's like, I'm running from them. I'm like, OK, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, they hit so hard and throw those knives so fast. And I I loved in the final dungeon trying to squeeze through passages and just like, oh, bring my shield up to block the knife. That Felt was good. cool. I mean, that was some interesting thing that they added. Were Iron Knuckles in the first Zelda game? No. Okay, so I mean, that's cool. Another game where you have your first experience of them being Zelda's adventure. I like the Iron Knuckles. I mean, I think they look cool. They look like little knights. And then you have to jump and if we were saying jump and slash them in the head is what the Internet told me to do. It works really well. It does. I enjoyed them. I did not. And one thing about this is like any any NES game, you know, almost any game in general back in this era, they they like to rechange. They change the color. So the Iron Knuckles, you have a lot of palette swaps, and I, I like that. I because you have orange, red, and blue, and their power goes up respectively. But blue, blue of any enemy of these types, they throw things at you, which I did not like that they threw stuff at you. It just it bothered me because I had a I had a hard time blocking it. Even though you are right, like with the shield, you can block well. I just didn't like to have to because normally I'm right in their face and it doesn't give you a lot of time to watch where the sword goes. And I was trying to smack, not not defend. So I a lot of times I would just cast shield on myself which is a spell yeah. that you get in this game, which halves your damage, which he turns to a red tunic, which made me laugh because, you know, the red tunic makes you stronger. And I would just go right in their face and just keep hitting them and just take and just tank the hits until they died. 
I, I would just run. I The hardest part of this game for me by far was before I found the shield and life spells. I did the first two palaces before that, and I died a lot. And I, I wonder how big a percentage of my deaths that was. Because the final dungeon was long, but I think I only died three or four times. It was more like, oh, you have a lot to get through. Yeah, I died 45 times in this game. They keep track for you. Oh, wow. Damn, I didn't know that. I only died a couple yeah. times, and it was always on purpose because I, I, I use rewind, so I cheated yeah. the best that I could. See, I would die for the purpose of I'm out of magic. I'm out of health. It, it, it's that I can't take this beeping. I'm just going to die here. Restart. And yeah, it was magic to me. I had all this stuff to my disposal. You know, I had to reflect. I had fire. I had shields and high jumping and be able to turn into a fairy. And I would only use shield and, you know, regain my life. Other than that, like jump a few times, like for the parts that you needed to. But I was so stingy with my like magic. I was like, I need this. I don't want to use it for anything. And well, when it came time in the later levels where reflect would have been amazing. I, I was just like tanking. Like uh, Mike said, I was just tanking and running like, it, nope, I need the stuff. I only really use Reflect. Reflect is a spell you get later on where if you block something, it bounces off you. Like when you fight Wizrobes, I think um, this might be the first, maybe not the first game of Wizrobe, but they have Wizrobes in this game. And the only way to beat them is deflect their magic at, at them. So that's when the only time I really used it. So it's interesting because that's the only thing the shield actually reflects, the Wizrobes and the Wizrobe bosses. But it powers up your shield and it can block like the fireballs for the, oh. the red octopus enemies. Just a lot of stuff you can't block otherwise you can suddenly block with reflect. Um, and I wonder what the original translation for that spell was. Um, That's cool. Whether it's like shield up or something. It's probably something uh, better than what we got reflect. But again, this is an yeah. old game. So I'm sure there were lots of translation errors. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, error. and the fact that your magic only lasts for one screen. As soon yeah. as you go to a next screen, your shield, your everything, it's gone. And Which so annoying. very annoying. I thought it was interesting being like, okay, do I use my shield here? Do I try and push through the screen? Am I going to take much damage here? That's a cool way to look at it. I just didn't. I was also like, like Adam, I would try to save my magic because any game I play, I try not to use whatever the expendable items are for some reason. I mean, I did. You have to use magic in the game. Another thing about this game is that all the enemies have a, have a random percent chance to drop something like they'll drop potions. A blue potion only fills one bar of your magic or a red potion that will refill your magic completely. Like, I could not imagine playing this game without the life spell because I was even with rewind. Mm -hmm. I would still have to heal myself because I would get my ass handed to me sometimes. There are also there are also the red magic pots hidden in a lot of statues. Yes, except there's also a random chance it'll just be a red iron knuckle, uh, which killed me right before the final boss, which was a great time. Yeah, so the guide I was reading, it was like, yeah, all right, now after the elevator, jump off and hit this, um, you know, statue for uh, red magic. And like two times, I, like I looked at it and did it and a red knuckle came out and I was like, why are you doing this to me, guide? Why are you lying about this? Like, this <laughs> is not cool. I'm, I'm coming to you so, for help. Luckily, I figured that out because there are red potions at the start of each dungeon. So if mm. you're getting low on health or magic, you can just backtrack. And I oh, yeah. realized, oh, sometimes these are going to be iron knuckles and you can just leave and come back because they they respawn if you leave the dungeon, which is very nice. But the enemies don't really respawn in a dungeon if you clear a room as you're running around a dungeon. Right. I think that they might nice if too. you leave the palace. But if you leave, they respawn, I'm sure. But if you're in the dungeon, they don't respawn until after you exit the dungeon. Yeah. Even mini bosses, which which was nice. Like there are a lot of mini bosses in that final dungeon. And yeah. once you 
yeah. beat them. Beat There's a lot of mini-bosses in this game, too, I feel like. Yeah. Like, the enemies in this game are not easy to take, even if you know what you're doing and you have a guy just telling you the strategy. They're still hard to pull off. Even with Rewind, I was having str- I would struggle with enemies, and I'm like, well, this isn't normal the, for the me. Boom, the boomerang guys. It, by far, my worst encounters are boomerang guys. I just could not get the rhythm down of blocking, and it. I, I never stood a chance. Like, give me a knuckle any time of the week, and I, I'd be fine. But if a boomerang guy came up, I was running. So I got a, a joke for you, Adam. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back to you? I'm listening. A stick. Okay, I like that one. That <laughs> yeah, stupid joke that I, right. I saw where I work on one of the TV screens. I'm, I'm and, a big, big fan. And I will oh, see but, y'all next time. They're <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Like, I did not enjoy fighting them either. I, I would just tank them because I was the same as you. I just couldn't. Like, yes, you can block their boomerangs. I would jump over and I just, like, I know it was coming back. But I'm just like, you know, I can't. I had a really hard time blocking the way you were supposed to with it. It just wasn't, it didn't work well for me. I didn't like it. It was, you know, I'm also not a really good, like NES is not my era of gaming. I don't like NES games normally. I don't normally play them because I grew up on the Super Nintendo mostly. So I stay away from NES a lot, but I love I, Zelda. So I eventually got those. It, it took a lot of practice. Like, okay, when am I actually going to be able to block this high one? Cause you need to get really close to block the high ones. Yeah. And you can't duck under them. And no, that annoying. Yeah, you could duck under stuff, a but, lot, you... but I, I figured it out. Just you know, beating my head against them. Yeah. I also thought the enemy variations in this game were not bad. Like it's cool to see. It also has one of my favorite enemies. For some reason, I'm always I always like moblins. I like the bulldog looking humanoids. For some for some reason, I think they're really cool, and I don't know why. They are cool, and then you see them in Ocarina of Time, and they're huge. Yeah, <laughs> kick uh, your ass. Yeah, they're they're awesome. They're a great enemy type. And I, I like them a lot in this game. I thought they were really unique and interesting, and they're not bad. You fight them, and as the game progresses, you fight Lizifols too in this game, which are, again, yep. just the same size as you, but they're a lizard, and you have to hit them in the head, just like Iron and, Knuckles. But it's cool to see. Both, uh, a lot of Zelda games took enemies from this, uh, and I think part of that is, uh, you know, let me look this up before I say it, but I'm I can, pretty I'll talk sure. I really I'll like Stalfols. Like, you have to hit them in the feet. I thought that was really cool that they were in this game, and I, I like them. I, I was having a fun time fighting them. So yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember their names, but the jumpy spider boys, anything that anything that uh, was blue in the game, I don't think I beat one time unless I had to, because I wasn't using my fire power up for a random battle. I was like, I can just outrun these things. Uh, what you yeah. are talking about, I'm looking it up right now. They actually, those are tectites, which are from the first Zelda game and other mm-hmm. Zelda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They are in the first game. Uh, I hate them in the first game. <laughs> Because they're invulnerable most of the time. So I, yes, I found what I was looking for. I just wanted to confirm. Multiple enemies that are invulnerable in this game. Unless you have the, the fire spell that you get. And I was the same with Adam. I wouldn't kill them unless I absolutely had to. I'm like, you know, we'll just avoid them. Because you can avoid all the enemies in this game without without an issue. For the most part. Uh, a lot of them, yeah. And also, so, well, some of them harbor, also the different regions of Hyrule have different monsters that spawn in the overworld. Yes, I cool. and I think they do a really good job of teaching you how the world map works. Because when you're going to that second dungeon through the swamp where you walk really slowly, there, there are bits of roads. And if you run into an enemy on the road, there's eight seconds for no more can spawn. And you just spawn into an empty screen. So it's teaching you, okay, the enco- actual encounter you spawn into is going to be, whether it's a, determined by whether it's a small or large enemy, which you can just see with the icon on the screen, the region of Hyrule you're in and the kind of tile you're on. And they really teach you and encourage you to manipulate that. 
It's something Dragon Quest does, but I think they're way more intentional about it and do a lot more to teach the player how to manipulate it, which I really appreciate. I, I really like how this game is taking RPG tropes of the time and making them a little more accessible. Like you also have, like as I was talking earlier, you have the chance of enemies dropping magic bottles. You also have the chance of enemies dropping point bags too, which give you more experience, anywhere from 50 to 200. Yeah. Usually double, half. I think, you would get which from is- killing them. Well, some enemies give you 10 to like 50, 100, where the, the last enemies I was fighting in the game, the, the max level were about 100 to 150. Mm-hmm. You need about 9,000, you need 8,000, I think, for the last level up. Yeah. So, kind of give you an idea what you're, and I didn't mind that. I'm like, okay, because I, I like grinding in games, and once I got the hang of the combat, I just sat by a town, grinded in the woods, and then would go in the town and heal up. Yeah, that, that second continent, everything gave a lot more experience. It, it was all 50 or 100, and they went down pretty quick, so I. I grinded a few levels out there. I think you have to. Yeah, I got yeah, my I magic actually up. was impressed by the world map. I was impressed by going to different towns. Like, you have one town that's abandoned that you find, and you have to go and travel around this area into a go through a cave, and you have to go and break open a piece of the forest with your hammer because somehow your hammer cuts down trees. Yeah, there, there's one old man in this, like, poison town where wherever yeah. you're outside, you're taking damage, so you need shield to get through it, which someone tells you in an earlier town. Uh, and there's another guy telling you, no, the survivors are camping out in that woods and you need to cut down the forest. I didn't know you could actually cut down the forest until I got there. The game tells you this. Yeah, I was going to see. I was going to be my next question because there are two spots where you need to use an item in a certain location that like finding the town in the forest. Like, OK, yeah, I knew the town was in the forest. And even looking at a guide, I still had issues trying to find that town and then using the flute to summon the palace. Like, I am just so impressed and, by you, Daniel, that you found And to get rid of the out. monster. Well, that that's in the manual. The Oh, oh. You, press a, you press A to use the hammer and B to use the flute on the world map. I just hit the buttons and see what happened. Um, yeah, I, that's how I found out the flute, because the monster's there. And I'm like, okay, I have the flute. They're, they're telling me, somebody told me this is how I get rid of the monster. How do I use it? I'm pausing. I can't bring up an inventory screen and... You know, there are, what, four buttons on the NES controller, so I got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's one of these four. <laughs> exactly. Is it A or B? A or B? I mean, it was an odd thing. Like, the flute was one of the items, because each, each dungeon, like, per Zelda style, you get different items, and the items range from, none of them are really combat items, though, which is interesting, because we're used to, like, yeah. as anyone to play Link's of the Path, Link's Awakening, you get combat items. In this game, they're all more of just puzzle items to help you progress through the game like i think the first item you get is a candle which helps you see in dark caves i mean yeah. that's all it does but you wouldn't want to go through it without it because, i mean i have speedrunners do because they memorize where things are and they, you can see a little bit by their feet where an enemy is but yeah no thank you don't you have to get through one cave in the dark or did i just push through it you don't have to know okay I was going to say, I think I did one in the dark because I couldn't figure out where the candle was. Yeah, you, you can definitely see enemies there, but near the end of the one to get well, maybe, to the first dungeon, no. there's a boomerang guy and you really need light for those. No, I did jump through one cave in the dark where there's only one enemy that you just have to, and that's it, one of the little slug things on the ground. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you have the candle the rest of the game. If you long as you, I was following a guide, though, so. And and some I just didn't know what they did until I read the manual. Like the, the cross you get near the end, which is... a. It's definitely a crucifix, and I'm surprised it's in the NES version because Nintendo tended to filter that stuff out. Yeah. But all that does is you can see the weird ghost eyeball things in the final area, Death Valley. Uh, If you go there, they're invisible, and they sap your experience, which is terrifying. Like, that area is so intimidating. 
the reason I call this game Dark Souls, if you die three times and you or you run out of lives, you will start back at the beginning, wherever, like, either the main palace, yeah, the main palace where you start the game, or in the final palace, you start at the, the beginning of that world, you get a game over, and you lose all your experience. That's why I kept on this mm. game Dark Souls. Not not your levels, but your experience. Yes. Yeah. Just like Dark Souls. Any experience you use, you're saved, yeah. but anything you didn't use is gone. I, all right. I think, so, oh, go ahead. I apologize. I, I think, like Dark Souls, this is going back to kind of old-style PC RPGs, like... I, I think that's sort of what Nintendo's doing with the NES Zelda games. They're looking at PC games like Neon Falcom games, like Dragon Slayer, first big action RPG, top down, you're pushing blocks around. Okay, how do we make this accessible for people? Then Dragon Slayer 2 is side scrolling, although it actually changes to top down combat whenever you get into combat, which is it's kind of Zelda 2 in reverse. Okay. And that game is just impossible to play. I, I tried to play a little. Like, if you're complaining about this game's puzzles, think about its contemporaries. To get into the first dungeon in Xanadu, you need to fall down a pit in the first town, walk to the left until there is one tile for the next pit down, walk back, uh, like on the far left of the screen, walk back so you can see an item shop, go into the item shop, don't buy anything, and walk left, and there'll be a ladder down to the first dungeon. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, just in terms of puzzles, this is way friendlier than the games they're working off of. Yeah, I'm good. That's why I stay away from it. Yes. What were you going to say, Adam? So we were talking about the game over screen. And when you meet, it's like, oh, Ganon's destroyed you or whatever. <laughs> he makes this laugh. And for the yeah, and for the life of me, I know I've heard that laugh. And I think I just figured out what it was. I was like, can anybody tell me what that sound was? Because there's a lot of things that got reused, you know, reused sprites and stuff. Uh, The curtains from Mario 3 as well as the blocks, you know. But this laugh, it was driving me insane. And now talking out loud, I know what it was. And that is in the NES game Kung Fu. Okay. I don't know if you've ever played it. (laughs) A little bit. I know of it. But the Ganon laugh at the end is the exact laugh of the bosses when you go in. That so apparently it's a different sound in the uh, disc system version, just like this harsh sound. I really liked the laugh. Yeah, it, it was just driving me insane. I was wondering if everybody knew it, but I think I figured it out. While, All right. Yeah. So never mind. All right. I did not, by the way. It's weird <laughs> how little a part of the story Ganon is like it. That's he's not in the game. He's not. And they and they mentioned that, oh, you they need the blood of Link to revive Ganon, but they don't. Ganon's followers don't have anything to do with the story. I, I was wondering if the wizard was supposed to be him, was supposed to be like a little hint at Ganondorf, which would show up later. Yeah. I think they first mentioned him in Link to the Past. Yeah. But he's not really relevant to the story, except, oh, some of, some the, of the enemies you're fighting. Yeah. Well, yeah, in some of the towns, you'll talk to somebody, and it's like the eyes of Ganon are everywhere, and then they turn into a bat. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they turn into a bat, and like, sorry, I can't help you. Because I... bat. Yeah, the only thing I could think about was Thunderblight Ganon uh, for that one fight that you were talking because, you know, you had to use Thunder. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. But this and I knew I knew what the final battle was. You yeah, know, like it, it's an old game, like you hear things. But I was expecting like after you defeat this, I think they call it the Thunderbird or whatever. I was expecting it to change it to like Ganon or something. I was expecting a lot more Ganon except for a game over screen and the townspeople just saying eyes of Ganon are everywhere. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the idea is you're going further and further into his territory because 
Hyrule's not in great shape, like especially around Death Valley. You see, Kasudo is poisoned, and I mean, you know, could be maybe it. he's slowly taking over, and like, oh, we need to restore the kingdom to fight back against this. But really, not a part of the, the main. It, it's a B plot, all the Ganon stuff. Which I, I mean, thought kind of was that phase. I feel like too for Nintendo, where like games. Like, you know, back in Nintendo era, a lot of games, like, you know, you go into something different, like the sequels be so different. Mm-hmm. So that could be they were trying to do something, you know, like, OK, we want to have a different enemy, not because the, the series hadn't been established at a point now where Ganon's in every game, period, pretty much. It's just that's the way Zelda is. Yeah. And Metroid it, always has Metroids in some shape or form. And the thing you you're know. fighting at the end isn't even really an enemy, right? Like, I, I mean, it's gameplay wise, it's an enemy, but it's it's the, the wizard testing you to see if you're. Worthy of, of the, the Triforce. Triforce of Courage, which is the sense I got. He shows up for a bit. This very short old man <laughs> holding a Triforce bigger than he is. And then he yeah, summons Shadow Link. what it is, is, that he just creates a shadow of you for you to test your courage against yourself. Yeah, you're not going up against, you know, Ganon's champion or anything. Speaking of Shadow Link, I first encountered that character in Ocarina of Time. Yep. And I learned when development of that started, They it was as a Zelda 2 remake, hence oh. the focus on sword fighting. Damn. I just saw that from Did You Know Gaming. So that's, that's cool. why. Yeah, that's why I think there's so much Zelda 2 stuff in that game. There oh, should, wow. We should have a remake of Zelda 2. There should be a remake. I think a few more tweaks would make this game a lot more accessible. Like, just little stuff. Like, Infinite Lives. You wouldn't lose a whole lot. Yeah, infinite lives and then not having the ability to, like, just lower the amount of damage that enemies can do to you. Mm. It's so much damage. The That one boss with the swinging mace, like, uh, while while it wasn't a hard fight, like, once you got a rhythm down, it was actually probably one of the easiest fights in the game for me. Uma. Yeah, but if he hit you, it, d- goodbye life bar. Like, he did so much damage to me. Oh, yeah, I I mean, I cheesed him because I had to rewind. But, yeah, he could fucking hit you hard when he hit yeah. you. What what was everyone's toughest bosses? Uh, I'm curious. My toughest boss, honestly, I think it was the 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 Thunderbird. Because at the time, that's the, one of the last fights. Well, it, it second to last. Yeah, second to last mm-hmm. fight. And as I mentioned, I didn't have my magic fully leveled up. So I used the Thunder the one time to... Uh, you know, get a shield down. And then after that, I didn't have jump. I didn't have shield. I didn't have anything. So it was like a bullet hell boss. Yeah. Where, and I was just ran- and not even doing a lot of damage. I'd have to hit him two or three times to take down one life bar. And it was just, it, once again, I got a rhythm, but that by far, if I would just grind it a little bit, it could have been a lot easier. Jump and shield are really useful there. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I think that was also the toughest one for me, just trying to figure out where exactly his hitbox was, it, getting there with enough magic. Always visible, too. I felt like, like he was he would shoot a lot of fireballs at you. He's a hard boss. Yeah, I, and after you hit him a few times, he just goes nuts with it. Uh, I definitely had to tank a few hits and, and use the up slash. Thankfully, once he's dead, he stays dead. I, I had to go back to the beginning of the dungeon and walk through, and I'm like, all right, I only have two lives. Can I do this? And... He just wasn't there. I'm like, oh, okay, time for the final boss. That's nice. I wonder I, if bosses respawn if you get a game over. I don't know, but I just they remembered about Upslash for that battle, and that would have been so much easier for me. Yeah. I didn't, I tried Upslash. I usually just jumped and smacked them. I couldn't get Upslash to work. So. It's really nice against the, the eyeball enemies. I found that out near the end. 
it the little blue ones that were just everywhere. Yep. Yeah. It, like that's Ooh. when I was like, oh yeah, upslash is the thing. That whole Death Valley that that walk to the final dungeon it's it's so threatening. <laughs> like <laughs> you're you're walking through these canyons with bottomless pits, uh, encampments filled with Lazolfos, those eyeball enemies that sap your experience, like more yes. than hard, it's just scary. Oh, the wolf heads. <laughs> that shoot at you? Yeah, God forbid you get two of those like sandwich you in. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm just it, there were so many times where I was just like and I even mentioned it on the thing. I was like, I'm playing I'm playing Dark Souls after this. I need a breather. <laughs> like at least in Dark Souls, like I'm like, oh, that was fair. You know, it sucked, but that was fair. Those wolf heads, they'd sandwich me and I'm like, that was not fair at all. Yeah, there's a couple, like, in some of the dungeons, you literally have to go down a hole and break all these blocks, and then you'll go and grab a key or something, and then the wolf heads will just, like, just center on you, and just, and you can't get out, and it is, it is miserable to get out of. You really need to be prepared for them. I've been playing a lot of Castlevania recently, like the old Castlevania games, and the Medusa heads are almost identical to the wolf heads, so I feel like I've had a lot of practice with them. <laughs> oh, uh, one thing we hadn't mentioned, well, we kind of mentioned, but I want to talk more about, like, this is the first game that has a downward slash and upward slash, which are I, I feel are famous because of Smash Brothers, where I first yeah. saw them. And, like, you know, that was the way that you probably stick people. I remember doing that all the time. I didn't realize, really, this is from this game. It makes sense because you're controlling Link in a 2D plane, and this is the only official Zelda game where that's the case. Makes sense that, oh, that's his moveset. What about Wanda Gamelon? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I never played I it. forget. I want uh, or, uh, so bad. Faces of Evil. You, you play a Zelda in Wand of Gamelon. Okay, I really want to play those games. So I just got to find a working CDI emulator, and the day I do, they will be on this show if I can find a sucker. So. I can't imagine actually playing those. Neither, I've, I've seen people play it. I cannot imagine it at all. I'm going to so do it. terrible. One day, I'm going to do it. I just got to. It just hasn't happened yet. But when I run out of Zelda games, then I'm going for those. And those are the closest thing to official Zelda games where you can play as Zelda, right? Or I guess Hyrule Warriors and Aiden's yeah. of Hyrule now. Oh, but, but as I was saying before I cut myself off yeah. uh, and change the subject of myself, you you get upward and downward slash in the game in two different hidden places. You have to go find two guards that are in town. Like one you have to literally jump up to. And I forget what you have to do for downward slash to get that one. Downward slash. I think that's the one in the church, isn't it? Or, no, 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 no. Downward slash in the church. I don't remember what upward slash was. Oh, I think you need to save a kid on an island. Oh, yeah, bring back in the maze ruins when you yeah. fall down a hole in a in a square that gives you no recollection that it's a that is something there, and you find the kid. Okay, that's how you get it. Yeah, game is very confusing on purpose. Also, but the boots the the boots were weird. Cause like, oh, you can walk on the ocean, and and you can, but only in very specific parts of it. Oh, we, like we were talking about earlier, the items in this game are just so strange. Like you said, the boots. I mean, just weird items that don't really, like, I thought, okay, maybe I can jump higher. No, I can just walk on certain water squares to get to a palace, mainly. It, it was nice because, so the biggest reason this game is hard, I think, is whenever you game over, you respawn at the altar at the very beginning of the game, and you need to walk all the way back to where you died, even if it's a dungeon on the other side of the world. And the dungeon where you get the boots is behind this huge maze with a bunch of, like, 2D action sections you need to get through. And once you get the boots, you can just walk across the water to get there. I thought that was neat. Was, I think most people are going to die after getting those boots and have to walk back. It's just like, oh, nice hey, progress. You know, and that kind of reminded me of the Dark Souls where yeah. you, you know, you unlock a little shortcut to get back to where you need to go. And yeah, that was super helpful because like I said, it at certain points I was like, all right, I'm dying. I'm dying. 
And before I went into the final castle, I died. <laughs> I had three lives going in and I walked all the way back. It like I was I was preparing myself for that one. I thought about grinding lives for the final battle, like looking up where all the one ups are. I'm assuming those don't respawn after you grab them. Once. They do not. That's also shitty. Yeah, it's it's brutal. I guess this game is just too brutal at times. It's cool. Really damn cool. Just brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not an easy one. Uh, I mean, like, like we were I was talking saying, about, which, one, one of the other items you have to get in the dungeon, the raft, which you only use for one part to literally cross <laughs> continents, and that's it, in one yeah. spot. And That's a big moment, though. You're you're going to a new continent. Yeah, I know, but still, it's just like, okay, come on. And then you also have another item we had mentioned. You get the club that lets you break open blocks, which is very useful. Yeah, that was cool. Missing Especially because the walk to the swamp, the area where the second dungeon is, is so long. So y'all did. All right. That was your second. Whatever the third dungeon was where you get the glove. Yes. I think in the strategy guide, mm-hmm. that was the third dungeon. So that's the one I did second. The maze. Okay. Yeah. And this is where I went insane because <laughs> I, at this point I hadn't looked up anything and I grabbed the gloves. And before you go into that room where the gloves are, there's falling blocks. Oh, yeah. And then that on the way. Sense. And then on the way back, you can stab the falling blocks and break them. Yes. That didn't correlate in my head that there was another room in this palace that had a wall of blocks that I could stab and break mm-hmm. to progress. I, I think that's the second. Then, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that well, second dungeon? yeah, that, that's the second one. But that's oh, okay. digression. Well, see, see, yeah, I, I did some of the dungeons out of order. So I was trying to say mm-hmm. I'm like in the right way. I went insane. And that's when I finally, I was just like, how do I get back to this wall? And I could not find the wall realizing I was in the wrong dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this game is confusing though. Like it's not, it's a very confusing game and it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. I also feel like part of it was the whole rental period at the time where games were made purposely harder because of rentals. They didn't want you to be in rental. I think that's what the changed experience levels are for. I don't think they changed much else. I mean, like, one game I know that changed a whole lot from the Japanese North American release is Castlevania 3. That game is way harder on the American. Really? Version. Oh, yeah. But the Japanese version is much better, too. Because it's yeah, I, I know about the music. I know the music. Just um, like, in Castlevania 3, Grant in the Japanese version can throw his dagger at all times. In the American version, he cannot. Also, the difficulty what? in the American version has been ramped with how much damage enemies do is higher. Like, exa- uh, like to give you an example, Mike, co-host of the show at times, he played through Castlevania three on and beat it legit. And we did our episode of it a long time ago. And then he went and he's been playing the North American version and he was freaking struggling with it. He's like, this is so goddamn hard compared to freaking the Japanese version. It, it's one of those cases where they really like, oh, yeah. it up. you're totally right. So, wow. just, so I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some things other than this game were also tweaked for America. Uh, not I, surprised at all. I, I think I read all the differences. There's not a ton like okay. the waters animated in the disc system version. Oh, that's not. Yeah. It looks um, nice. Yeah. Oh, it, it's wow. Also, oh, we haven't really talked. One thing I, I do want to talk about, we talked about some of the bosses. Another one, like the first boss you fight in this game is called Horsehead. It literally is just a humanoid with a, a mace and a horsehead. So when I <laughs> when I played through this first dungeon, I was, you know, you like you need to backtrack once and, you know, you're getting into the combat. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is awesome. I, I could do this. I would play a whole game of these dungeons uh, and then. The difficulty spike for the second one is so massive. I kept telling myself, okay, I'm not going to cheat until I finish this dungeon. Then I'm going to start doing it. And then I found the life and shield spells. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could I could do this. But 
that first dungeon is is so much easier than the rest of the game. It lulls you into a false sense of security. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> the game's not as hard as you think it is. Or way harder than you think it is. Oh, that's what. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. That's what my head. Yeah, said. I was like, <laughs> came out of my mouth. Out of all the games that we've played together, Mike, hearing that's not as hard as you think it is. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm tired. I drank a lot last night. That's my excuse. Although, like I said before, we were recording. I think I I think I found the first one harder. Like I play a lot of platformers, so that could be it. And I thought the first one was hard as balls. So okay. What's wrong with that? I really want to play the first one though now for the show. I think it's it's because I played the first one so much because it was one of the only Nintendo games that I had growing up. So I played it a lot. I used to know how to get out of the Lost Woods by heart. And I know if I played it, I could be like, oh yeah, it's north, south, south, northwest. You know, like I I would be able to tell you immediately as soon as I started playing it. But uh, what really helped me. And as I mentioned, like a lot of my fights in this game, I was just running, jumping and running and, and, before I started playing this, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Mario ROM hacks. Yeah, like Kaizo okay. stuff? Okay, yeah. So I wanted to get into Kaizo. Like, I, I watch a bunch of streamers, and I just wanted to do it. So I downloaded two ROM hacks, realized I can't do it, then found a ROM hack that it's like a tutorial. Learn to Kaizo. You learn to Kaizo. I so, love learn to Kaizo. So I was playing learn to Kaizo before this. I was like, oh yeah, great. I can, I need to start Zelda. And then there was certain times where, like I said, I was playing on discord. And my friends were like, good thing you've been playing learn to Kaizo. Cause you are just rude. like, exactly. I know the timing of my jumps. I am good at this point. So now I want a Zelda to Kaizo. Oh God. I'd, I'd try oh. it. I'd be interested. We, we should, I, I would love to talk more about Kaizo sometime. Learn to Kaizo, I'm having so much fun with, and and some easier ones. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I do want to do ROM hacks eventually on the show. It's another one of the shows that I do. It just hasn't come to fruition yet, where we do fan made games. But it's it's on my list of things to add into into the rotation of shows. Nice, nice. Yeah. So if if you guys are interested, I'll hit you up when that comes because I have a couple ROM hacks. Like speaking of Zelda, there's a Zelda ROM hack of Link to the Past I really want to play one day. So I've been wanting to do the randomizer. I really want to do a randomizer of Link to the Past. That sounds fun. Have you seen the Super Metroid Link to the Past combo randomizer? Yes. Yeah. That, oh, that's you should awesome. watch that. Yeah, you like walk through a door in Hyrule and come out on Zeb's, Zebus, whatever. And you're like finding heart pieces or Zelda items in Metroid and vice versa. Oh, uh, parallel cool Worlds idea. is the one that it's a ROM hack that somebody did of Link to the Past. It's part of Link to the Past. Because, you know, obviously, ROM hacks. That's the one that I've been meaning to play one day. Awesome. It's like Zelda's sequel. cool. So it's on my list one Zelda's day good. to get around to. We'll see. But one day. I, I think, Enough of that. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. That was my oh, you're fault. You're fine. I, I, time in the show. I, I think the Zelda series is, is going places. Yeah, yeah. If they, keep, if they keep it up, who knows? So there was one enemy in this game that you fight throughout that I want to mention. That you fight throughout the temples that I avoided every single time. The Margos are like these red witches. I never even knew how to hurt them. I just saw them and ran. Witches. That's what they, they said. They're witches. They shot. Yeah, they were orange witches that shot like fireballs. Yeah. Yeah. I I down. I jumped on their heads and kept running. Right. Like when I would do a down slash, it would hit them once. So I didn't don't know if my attack wasn't strong enough, but they're yeah, one of those enemies. I never beat. I just jumped over and kept running. Trying to look at what you mean. They um, look what? like the old ladies in town, but they were yes. in dungeons. And they were orange and they, and they would, would wave disappear. their hands in the air. Yeah. 
Also, I can't be the only one that when you saw the Arnell, the little the little blue or red little like they look like piranha plant that would spit fires at you and jump up and down. Yeah, yeah. Feed me, Seymour. Yeah, that's what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> and also, this game had freaking Stalfos. I mean, they call them something different. They had armored Stalfos. You those I really liked too. I thought they had a really cool design. Looks like they are in fact called Stalfos. Okay, the guy on the wiki I'm looking at doesn't say that, but okay. Okay, well I'm on also, a different wiki, so who knows. <laughs> Every temple has the same type of enemies, but when you get to the last, the great palace, where if you, because the whole thing is you go through all these different temples, you put crystals in these temples, and as you put crystals in there, you eventually are unlocking a force field that will let you then access the last dungeon, the great palace, which you don't really know that. Maybe it tells you somewhere. I didn't know that because I wasn't paying attention. But mm-hmm. as you do that, manual. I was like, I guess if you walk into that force field, if you didn't put all the crystals in, you automatically die. It just kills you. <laughs> so I tried to leave the dungeon because I thought, like all the other ones, uh, they would have a magic drop at the start and the barrier is back and it doesn't close if you go in through the other direction and it kills you immediately. That's how I found that out. Oh, oh. wow. <laughs> That's cool. And I was also surprised that this dungeon has different enemies. Like you fight these, they're called Fockles. They're big Fockles. like bird griffins and you fight like Fockers. That's what they're called. F-O-K-K-E-R, Fockers. Sure. <laughs> and they're like, they're like the iron knuckles that you fought, but they're just stronger. And yeah. I really did not enjoy fighting them. I, oh, wow. I got the sense that it's like, oh, you're in you're in the finale now and this is the elite guard and it's the enemies, you know. But yeah, I, I thought I thought it was neat from a storytelling perspective. I hated those because once again, I wasn't I like the combat, but at this point I'm running. And up until now, I could outrun the enemies. No, these boys could jump. They would follow you and it, their fire. It, it I did not like them. I did not either. Yeah, I would avoid them at all costs. I I avoided them for the most part. And I had some exciting moments of, you know, trying to get through trap doors and blocks while dodging around them. And uh, I actually really like the final dungeon in this game. It's I there was one room where you had to break blocks to get across this room. And I had a blue one of those fuckers just following me. And I was just running from them. I just I couldn't kill them when I tried. It just wouldn't go well. Yep, that's exactly when I was like my version of them. I was like, I was imagining that room. Uh, I took out the red ones, the blue ones I just ran from. Okay. Yeah, the blue ones, the red ones were bad. The blue ones were terrible because they could throw stuff at you. There's also Fockles, which, uh, which are the, the ones birds. that shoot fireballs in the air. Like, those are tough. I think I only got past one of those without taking damage, like ever. Okay. Uh, also, the slimes in the final dungeon are called bots. And huh. the the dumb-looking big slime that just spawns right on you is called the Bot Master. <laughs> it was only one of them. And I... All I did was like instinctively jumped up and up slashed him as he was falling. He burst into a <laughs> yeah, bunch of little ones and I kept, little I kept running. And I was like, what the, what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little troll. It doesn't, oh. it doesn't look like it belongs in this game. It looks like a dragon quest enemy. Yeah. So we mentioned the hardest boss, but by far the worst experience of this game. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Mike was, or actually I think it was Daniel. When you're walking through the overworld, like you would trigger these little scenes, the overworld with the wall and everybody throwing rocks at you. Yeah. And it, it's annoying. I died so many times because I didn't want to use my shield. And I ended was like, up always tanking them. And, but it was just so tedious to go through all of those. Did we lose Mike again? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, one of the, since you're mentioning bosses, one of the bosses I, I that we haven't talked about yet that I, I want to mention that, it's like super easy, but I had a hard time with him at first because I didn't have magic when I walked in this room. I had to kill myself. Is mm-hmm. Karak. 
Karak is a is a wizard that I don't think you can hit. You have to re- you have, you have to, to reflect, reflect yeah. magic. So you have to get the reflect spell at some point in this game, and you have to like you're supposed to just sit in the corner, cast reflect, and just bounce the the magic back and forth to him. That's what I did. So That's I did what I did too. too. But he still kept, he spawned on me a couple times. I had to like so I literally went more in the middle and did it, which oh. is not as easy. But yeah, you, you can definitely get to places where you don't have the magic you need at, after a certain point. After I, I saw how useful those life and uh, shield spells were, I would occasionally even get a dungeon item and be like, "All right, I'm gonna go to the next town and uh, grab the spell and see what I can find. See if I can find a heart container." And that was also useful. And it's cool that you can do that. Dungeons don't collapse until you've fully cleared them out. Which is, oh, they, they collapse after you beat them? Yep. Uh, if you if you already have the item, they're just replaced oh. with a rock texture. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I, I saw that. I didn't realize that, but I did see that. I never paid any attention to that. That It kind of reminds me of uh, Breath of the Wild, where it's like, all right, we have all these temples around the land just waiting for the the great hero to awaken once he's ready. And, you know, suddenly... Oh, Link's ready. Turns out he's a legendary hero. Go and find these. It's it's sort of a similar setup to that. Uh, and then they're sealed again once he's done, because they exist only to train this one dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's unique. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other bosses, which I like, I this is probably my favorite boss of, of the game, was Rebelnak, which is an iron knuckle riding a horse with a lance and you have to like jump I had on his so head. much trouble with him <laughs> he was fun though you jump on his head you knock off the horse mm-hmm. and then he then he gets rid of the horse and then he comes and fights like a regular iron knuckle but he has but his health is refilled because you were just hurting the horse not him i thought that was a really cool little trick yeah and the, the hitbox is specifically on the horse's um mane yeah. where it's not armored oh yeah it's, it's pretty cool. cool yeah i that was one of my favorites it, it so many of the battles were fun especially as soon as you learned the pattern uh, that was definitely my, like, I got happy, especially because in the last one, you fought him like two or three times. Mm-hmm. Now, it made me feel like I finally knew what I was doing. But a lot of, like, these enemies we see in later Zelda games has a horse head and the, and this guy, Iron Knuckle, riding a, a god, a horse. I couldn't even think of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, we got the horse head and then the thing Physical riding the creature. animal. Yeah. Have they ever made another appearance in a Zelda game? I don't think so. I think they did. Oh, apparently, I just looked it up there in Cadence of Hyrule. That makes oh, sense. That's why I don't know it. I never played Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, it's really good. It, yeah. I yeah. should. I have a game Switch. Us. It's one of the games I bought a Switch for. Because I do love Zelda games. Yeah. I really went and called Cadence of Hyrule. It, it's it's a got Zelda, Zelda in there. It's got Link yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. It has an overworld that has dungeons. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean it, I know it's, it's a different game. It's, God, what the hell is that game called that it's based it's off of? Dancer. Yes, I know it's something different, it's nice, but still. Because it's also way easier than Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's it's like a good introduction to that, and also a cool Zelda game. I and saw it music. once, because my friend had it on Switch. The music is so good. It's remixes of Zelda music, which is some of the best music. <laughs> so I really like the music in this game, by the way. I didn't listen to any of it. I played this entire game with no music. Oh. I, I love the no, music when I wasn't holding my fast forward button because a lot of the times I'm like, wow, how long is this stretch? Oh yeah. I can fast forward. Well, I, I listened to the music and I liked it. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> oh, a couple, there are a couple things I want to mention still that we haven't covered yet. One, I want to talk about one of the bosses, Barba, which is like, is one of the later, it's like second to last. It's the last temple that you do where you get a crystal and it's a freaking dragon that comes out of the lava that you have to hit in the face. Oh, that one was so intense. I liked him. That was cool. That one was, yeah, it, it, yeah. And, and he's going to shoot fire at the platform you're on. So you need to jump to the other, 
Uh, I I was like sweating mm-hmm. during that fight. I oh. was so tense. That was, was like, yeah. I I found the pattern in that one because you could jump over his fire on the same platform and hit him in the head, and then crouch next to the ledge when he went down, and you could hit him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I, as he like wiggled down, you had to time yeah. it. He was. You could hit him. I would hit him. Tw- I would try to hit him twice. I would also rewind if I get if I fucked up. Mm, I, I was so he was really cool. Lava. Well, I love anything dragon like. I mean, I know this is more of a of a snake than a dragon, but still, anything like this, I'm always happy to see in a game. And again, an almost identical boss shows up in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> oh, Glavagia. Yep. Huh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's cool. And Rubble Neck could be kind of like Phantom of Ganondorf because he's riding a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you definitely see some of those fingerprints oh, left wow. on that game. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, now that I think about it, I think the dragon was my favorite boss. I, oh, I wasn't there. That. So there's one spell in this game. You have to do something really stupid to get. Don't you have to talk to a guy in town, gives you a spell, and then you have to walk to a fountain, cast spell spell to unlock a door that gives you something, but I can't remember what it was now. I think that's how you get thunder, right? Yeah. No, they, they, really they tell you there's like hidden stuff at the end of the town. And it's like, hey, say the magic word. Yeah, they, they they pretty much tell you what to do. I, I okay. also like that it's called the spell spell, and that the, or that the magic word is spell. Yeah, it's you've so learned, silly. <laughs> you've learned the most powerful word there is spell. Oh, and this is where you get the magic key, which you need the magic key to get into the sixth palace because the sixth palace doesn't have any keys in it. Yeah, and and in the fifth, yes, I think you can also it's do just, that in the fifth palace. I wonder how weird. early you can get to that town and just not have to worry about keys and, and sequence break the game. You can also go through doors as a fairy, by the way. Okay. You're not oh. supposed to, but because of whatever reason, if you if you switch into and turn into a fairy, as a fairy, you can go through doors, lock doors. Really? I didn't know that. It's wow. a speedrunner hack, or speedrunner thing that yeah. they do. Also looking at it now, uh, Iron Knuckles are bosses in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Huh. They're, they're mini bosses. Okay. So they do show up again. <laughs> More things we learned. And then there's only one other bo- or two bosses, but one I'm waiting. I'm saving uh, one of the ones we haven't mentioned. The second boss, Germa Germa Fencer, which is just a, a knight that his head comes off, and you have and, Germa and, and, Fencer. Yes, it's a weird name. That was a weird boss because it, it's almost identical to the first one, but the heads just start building up and shooting things at you, and I'm like, and he only has on here? one other appearance, which is in Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, what does he look like in Captain N? I gotta look this up. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm so curious now. He has a broom. Well, that's what's his name again? Germ. I'm. I'm gonna put it right in the chat. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this 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 wonderful boss that we all you know don't ever heard of before because they <laughs> put him in one thing and then they will never again. Well, they want to sell that one game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> else sure. Yeah, it looks like he's just like fanning whoever's supposed to sit in that chair. I want to watch some Captain N at some point. I don't think you do. I'm sure it's terrible. I, Oh, I'm sure it is too, but that's part of the fun. I like the the Super Show. Just like, okay, what what's how is Nintendo trying to sell these things to kids back then? <laughs> uh, oh, and those Gori- those Goriayas, the guys with the boomerang you were talking about earlier, they are the mm-hmm. same enemies that you fight in Link's Awakening and other games. Okay, they don't throw anything, sense. but they're like white dogs in Link Awakening. I think. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize that's the same enemy because they are look they so- only in Link's Awakening because that's like a weird other universe. Well, they're also linked to the past in other games, too. Okay. I, th- I find it so strange that there's so much that come out of this game that you see in other Zeldas uh, throughout the ages. And yet, if I talk to anybody right now, it's like, hey, you ever play Zelda 2? It, it's a no, I haven't. And it, yeah, 
yeah, like the names of like the sages you were mentioning. Because like as soon as I went to the town of Rudo, I was like, oh, cool. You know, like <laughs> yeah, Rudo, Rauru, Mido. Yeah, and just seeing everything, and it's like so much came from this game, and yet it right now you are the only two people I've known that's ever beaten it. Yeah, th- this game has a reputation uh, as not a very good game and and a very difficult game, uh, and I don't think. I, I think that's doing it a disservice because it has a, so much cool stuff. And like oh, yeah. you said, so much Zelda stuff comes from this game. Yeah, no, it's not a bad game. It's just very challenging. That's its biggest issue, I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely a game of its era. I yeah. would not recommend this to most people. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like NES games, go for it. It's 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 a good time. Yeah, and, not, yeah, and it's it, looking back on it, like if I was to play it again, which I think I will one day. It's not that long either. Like it, it, you can beat this in a day or two. If you know what you're doing, yeah. Yeah. Well, as uh, yeah, if you do it, make sure you have a walkthrough. That'll help. Change. I had to. This is also a game where I would beat a dungeon and have to put it down because playing two dungeons in a row just felt too exhausting for me. They get this game was intense. very exhausting to play. Like it wasn't. I had fun, but it was. It was just. It was a tough adventure to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the biggest fan of that. Definitely <laughs> an intense experience. It really was. I mean, you know, I can't imagine that you how you found all these secrets, but I guess I'm glad that you did, because now we're able to talk about the, You know, we're able to say the fact that you can like the game, you know, tells you not just like, well, how do you mm-hmm. figure this out? Well, you know, Jimmy, who work, who has his uncle works at Nintendo, he told me to do this. Like, you know, you didn't have that. And, so, and I'm sure if I was if everyone was playing it around the time, you'd be trading those hints and, mm-hmm. you know, plugging away at this over months. Right. Yeah. It was one of the a running joke uh, amongst the people that I was playing on Discord with was, uh, does anybody have the phone number to Nintendo so I can call and get a hint? Like, and I imagined at this time that Nintendo hotline was going crazy when this game went out, came out. Like, I was like, I'll pay somebody five dollars a minute if they can just tell me where the hell this lost child is right now. Like, <laughs> but again, if you compare that to the secrets in the first game, they're telegraphed so much more because. The first game is very much, okay, just try and burn every bush on this screen until you find a heart container. <laughs> um, fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, I thought it was way it's more also, accessible than that secret was. This is also the first, I mean, both Zelda and Zelda 2 both don't have heart piece. They have just heart containers, which I personally like more. In this game, also that magic potion that you find throughout the game. Like you said earlier, you need all of them to get the last spell. For some reason. Yeah, they are a little vague about that. It's just like if you go into the room before you have all the stuff, it just says come back when you're ready. Yeah, which is stupid in my, in my book. Again, they, they do in the first game. You need a certain amount of heart containers or you need to beat a certain amount of enemies to get the other swords. And they, but you need the other no swords to the game? Not the technically, but. <laughs> I mean, they oh, yeah. did. Yeah, I feel like they do that in all the Zelda games. It's like Breath of Wild, like Master Sword did. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of hearts before they don't in most games. Zelda one and, and Breath of the Wild's all. Yeah, in Breath of the Wild, I think it's very much a Zelda one reference. Yeah, oh, I, I thought another game did it where you need uh, links like, to the passage. You get the pendants. Majora's Mask is no Master Sword. It Ocarina of Time is get the three stones. Didn't oh. occur to me that it was referencing Zelda one until now, but it totally is. Yeah, it is for sure. And Breath of the Wild's a good video game. Is Zelda games telling me that are just good video games? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, you've never played Breath of the Wild, Mike? I did for a few hours after I beat Dark Souls 1 and I quit it and I have never played back. I have never went back yet. Oh, my. It's a good game. It is a fan. No, I, I really want to replay it. I need to buy it on Switch. I only had it on Wii U and I'm waiting for Switch to lower it to $20 like they should. 
and they won't not going to happen. I know. It's a Nintendo property. I think it's forty dollars right now. No, no. Uh, I don't know if it's still going on, but GameStop was selling it for twenty seven dollars new. Mm. There you go. I'm going to GameStop later today, so yeah, I, I would check it out because yeah, that that's a pretty good video game. <laughs> twenty seven dollars. It's a great video game. Yeah, I I really because I do want to put it on the show. It's going to be one of the later Zelda's that we do in the show at some point, but I want to do it. Oh, yeah. and one more thing we should mention that we've been kind of avoiding is I know we kind of breezed on it earlier, but I want to go a little more in depth. You fight Dark Link in this game for the first time. Yeah, he's hard. He is and he isn't. The trick to beating him is that you sit in the corner and just hit. And yeah, he dies. eventually I, I was streaming the final dungeon on Discord and someone told me to do that. I'm mm-hmm. just, just, like, sit in okay. the just sit in the corner, duck and stab yeah. and you'll beat him. But you can also damage him uh, when he comes down from a jump because otherwise he'll parry all your strikes. Um, it's a cool fight. It's a very cool fight. I, I would like to beat it without the cheese at some point just to have that experience. I'll probably use save states for that. But it was really cool to see. And I didn't realize until just now when you kind of made that comment that, you know, it's somebody who you're, you know, it, it's essentially a test. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, are you this legendary hero mm-hmm. that is worthy of the Triforce? You know, you beat Ganon six years ago when you were 10 years old. But hey, we can't where, trust you. Where are you reading that? Is, was he really 10 in the first game? Like a little kid? That's so well, weird. Well, he's 16. It, let me see. Yeah, in the wiki, yeah, in the wiki, it says he's now 16. And it's been six years after. Jeez. Yeah, six years after the events <laughs> of Legend of Zelda, the now 16-year-old Link notices a strange mark on the back of his left hand. So he was a little kid. Weird. Uh-huh. What did you do when you were 10, huh? You saved the world, too? I mean, I mean it's probably around the time I first played The Legend of Zelda, so. You saved a world? Wow, 10 years old. All right. I think I finally learned to tie my shoes at 10. <laughs> <laughs> and here Link was off saving the world. I was All definitely right. playing with fire, so I know that. <laughs> Any last things to say about the game before we go on to questions, comments? Uh, that we might have missed that you guys want to say? And, <laughs> I think we've covered everything just in yeah, an odd. We've had a long odd... podcast. <laughs> Little long. little rambling. Only an hour and nineteen. I mean, yeah, long I, as three hour, three and a half hours raw audio for Final Fantasy VI. Okay. So I I think I do want to just I, I mentioned this briefly, but I do want to highlight that I think with these early Zelda games, Nintendo is taking new hardware. This was kind of the Zelda one was the flagship title for the the Famicom disc system to take these PC style experiences and make them kind of more robust and accessible action games. Um, and they did that in one way with Zelda 1 and in another way with Zelda 2. I, I think they're drawing on different PC RPGs and making them, you know, their own thing. And I think it went a long way towards taking those mechanics and kind of disseminating them through game design um, in ways people could actually enjoy. Uh, and I think that's really neat and it's cool seeing such a radically different take on that same goal uh, with Zelda 2 here. Anything else, Adam, before we go on to questions and comments? I've got nothing. Okay, I'm going to do first. I actually got a a few from this. For first, I watched the entire Orbital 2 replay from Dan Burke. I was young when I played this game, but I did beat it. A kid in school didn't believe me. He was stuck in the final dungeon. I went over to his house and proceeded to beat the game to his amazement. It was a great feeling. I liked the game as a kid, but never played it again. But it seems most people rank this entry low on their list. Yes, because it's hard as hell. Yeah, yeah just mm-hmm. keep... Hey, if I know anything about uh, this show and replaying games when you're older, don't keep that experience the way you have <laughs> it in your mind and just enjoy it from here on What out. game did I, did I ruin for you? Silent I, Hill 2. Okay, yeah, we really? that game. Really? I'm going to replay that game soon. No, 
No. Huh. Just I, I promise you, don't. Just keep whatever experience you have in the back of your mind of how great that game is and leave it alone. Just please. <laughs> I I replayed the first one recently and really liked it. All right. Well, then uh, maybe you'll like the second one. Go through our episode. From Justin Bowman. This game unironically bobs up and down within my top five games of all time. Okay. The mm. entire soundtrack is 100% bops. The pre-cameos were super cool to discover after playing Ocarina of Time. The gameplay, while simple, is super smooth and buttery. The game is challenging but completely fair. And the level-up system provides several ways to play the game and then move creatively to c- can come in on New Game Plus. I think he's talking about Dark Souls. <laughs> it can't be yeah. Zelda 2. <laughs> no, I, I I think I'd agree with with what he said there, and it's interesting that he mentioned the pre cameos because I I wonder if more people played this before or after Ocarina. Like I I bet more people revisited this game than played it at oh, the yeah. time because Nintendo's easier to get a hold of. Yeah, and Nintendo makes such a has done a pretty good job of making this game accessible, unlike a lot of their other games. Uh, this game yeah, it, isn't super accessible. I mean, let's see, it currently is available on it was on the GameCube. Game Boy Advance, and I think that did this come out on Wii or Wii U ever? So this, yeah, I know Wii, Wii U Switch. I know this is on the 3DS uh, store. I know it's if you have Switch Online, it's part of the Switch Online games. That's how I played it. I know the Game and Watch just came out, and I've had no problem finding those. And if you're a Zelda fan, it it's just a nice little piece of Zelda. I yeah, want I, one for the sole I, reason to put it on my shelf. Yeah. I've kept it and I'll bring it out in all of its packaging still. And I'll put it up and use it as a clock every now and then uh, on my desk at work. I mean, then I neatly package it all up. Like I love the thing I'm thinking about just buying another one so I can keep one in the box and it's, it's stupid. I know, but I love it. I mean, uh, if you, yeah. if you are going to flip that in 10 years, you're going to make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. And from friend of the show, Steve Lusiter, God, this game is awful. I gave it a 4 out of 10, and only because the dungeon theme is a total bop. It's wonky, awkward, and aimless on top of its difficulty. Would not recommend. I appreciate what it tried to do with the franchise, but it was either just done badly or it was way too early to try it. <laughs> From Jeff Teichel, this was way too hard for me as a kid. Couldn't understand the map, couldn't understand the jump attack, couldn't get the magic. Plus the Ganon laugh and game over red screen always scared the hell out of me, so I just went back to Duck Hunt. <laughs> the, the dog's laugh is creepier. Yeah, I, was than, that. <laughs> yeah, I think the you're dog is creepier. Games than laughing yeah. at you if you're playing Duck Hunt. And from Adam Carr, played a lot of this game before I could know any better. Loved it a whole heck of a lot more than Zelda One, simply because it was a side scroller. But I was five, and my opinions were shit then, shit now, but shit then too. <laughs> 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 all right, and then from the Zelda fan group, I got a lot, so I will not be reading all these. So because I got a ton from you guys, so well, thank you. Uh, first one, though, from Anthony Reyes. This was my first Zelda game ever played and beat. Lots of memories of it with my mom. I weirdly still remember how to reverse Death Mountain. It isn't a bad game, but it was an experiment for sure. We haven't talked about that, but Death Mountain, I did oh, it with yeah. a guide. But, Dan, I know you did it legit. How was that traversing through all those maze-like area? Um, It wasn't that bad. Enemies stay dead once you kill them, and there are no real pits. So you kind of just go through them and walk around for a while, try the different paths. It's not terrible. Okay. From Chad Van, I bought it in 1991 when I was 14. I was instantly hooked. It's a hard adventure and a thrill to complete. I absolutely love it. Be sure to spend plenty of time leveling up. Mm-hmm. True. Um, Randy Edwards, absolutely one of my favorite Zelda games. I completed this so many times I lost count. That's not something I was expecting to read. And from Cassandra Brooke, first Zelda game. My older brother was the one who played it first and never beaten it. 
All right. Okay. From Eric Zahn, or Eric Zahn, a great underrated game. I've been running some challenge runs on it lately to keep it fresh. This is a, pic- a picture of everything you can get in the game at level 111 without upgrading a stat. Okay. You can have all full magic meter, full, and all the spells. That sounds terrible. I would never play that. Huh. <laughs> From Frank Andish, my second Zelda game. This one seems so amazing at first. After playing the original, the map had grown so much. There were towns with people. The game added experience points that were part of the number of RPG-style games at the time. The game was freaking hard, too. I always thought it was cool that they made the original game's map a small part of this game's map as well. Yeah, I didn't... I, I had heard that was the case, but I didn't notice it. Maybe I just don't know the first game's map well enough. I didn't notice it either, but it's possible I don't know the first game either very well. I've only I, played it once. I believe them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From Julian Frollin. This was the first game I have a clear memory of buying as a kid. Got it from Sears. What's a Sears? Anybody know what Sears is anymore? <laughs> I know. I, I still get, I'm trying to find the catalogs back at yard sales for reasons. <laughs> the gold box and the sword, the cover got my attention, took it home and promptly got my four or five year old butt handed to me. Never did get very far. Officially fell in love with the series with the next game. Same here. That's really the link to the past was this huge sea change in Zelda. And it's, it's where everything really clicked into place. It's just one of the best games ever made. I can't wait to play it again. Yeah. Now that I played the first two. <laughs> Uh, from Bruce Hoover, I remember playing it when it came out, couldn't get far into it. Then I beat it when I was around 14 or 15, like Metal Gear. I need to play Metal Gear 2 someday. The original Metal Gear. From Matthew O'Neill, Zelda 2 is a very much game that requires a game guide. With well, a game guide, is a lot of fun. Without a guide, however, it can be overly cryptic. I remember reeling a house in a town using a magic spell. I was stumped on that for ages. It wasn't until I referred back to the guy that I could continue the game. <laughs> All right. Okay, here's one from Winston Pennington, because in my post, I, I, I called the Dark Souls before Dark Souls, partly out of joking and to get people to comment, which it worked. Here's one. Like, seriously, I never would have thought it to be like Dark Souls until you said it, until you say it now. Like, really, if Dark Souls came out back on OG NES, this would have been what it would have been like. I could not figure this out. My dad and mom both beat the OG Zelda, but none of us could figure this game, this one out. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the there's also just a huge focus on the shield in combat, which is what makes me think of Dark Souls. Like, definitely... Yeah, the fairly shielding. similar games in a lot of ways. Like the more we've talked about it, the more like it it's very similar. We're using items in certain spots to unlock shortcuts from the beginning to there. The combat, like yeah, it, it's getting weirder the more I think about it. How much oh. it is? <laughs> they they have pretty similar influences. They're they're both evoking that old school RPG thing. Mm-hmm. I got a couple cool. more to read. I, I had more from that group, but I just had too many. But thank you guys for commenting if you listen to this episode. And from the official Laser Time community, I only got a couple, so I'm going to try to read these. From Dean Laser Dip. Time. Yeah, I'm part of it. It's one of the groups I'm part of. I, I post them that are nice enough to accept my post and not kick me out of the group. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> from Dean Deter. Personally, I think this is one of the best games in the series. I think it only gets hate because of how much of a departure it was from the original, but in my opinion, absolutely masterful in this competition. If it wasn't hard, I respect what it is. It's just too damn hard for me. But I respect that opinion. I don't agree with it, but I respect it. From Jack Rodriguez Dogerty, fun game and misunderstood and a little too hard. From Bob Henson, the game over screen scared me really bad, and I saw it very often, so I didn't play this much. <laughs> and last one I'm going to read from friend of the show, Carrie Chandler. As a kid and a huge Zelda fan, I could never get past the second temple in this. As an adult, I really appreciate this game for trying something different or a lot of things different. Mixing side-scrolling with an over-the-head perspective, an experience system, stat upgrades, and a magic and skill system, the game was honestly downright revolutionary. I think the only reason it isn't remembered very fondly is that it's just plain and fairly hard. Even with flash saves, it's brutal. Not wrong. At all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that I'm going to read from those, so thank you guys for commenting. And it has occurred to me that I never did a giveaway during this episode. 
yet. So we're going to do it right now before we go on to the last part. I'm going to do the code for Sonic Mania for Steam. So this oh, is the Steam code. Again. I just happened to have it in the first one I pulled out. So we're just going to give that one away. Uh, the code is AX46CH7XZP2H6B. So if you're still listening, there is your code for Sonic Mania. So I hope someone gets to download that and enjoy it. You know, you know, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. How's that sound? Okay. I, got I, I, I've got some games, so let's 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 do one. Let's do trying to think of something that, that kind of fits this. Uh, you know what? How about Outward for Steam? Yeah, uh, okay. I'll, I'll give away a copy of Outward. So it'll be six L eight N D F Z A six A seven Q D H Z. Okay, that's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you caught you caught me good because I was uh, before we got on here. I was on fanatical buying some games, and I had some. Uh, I have a page of like extra games, so I was like, "Well, it's up. Might as well give one away." Well, that's I don't Christmas. have a key on hand. <laughs> it's the Christmas. <laughs> You're good. I don't. <laughs> well, I did add outward to my list now. My wish list. If it ever drops like a dollar or something, I'll have to pick it up. Well, I wish you would have, before I said outward, you could have been like, hey, can I actually have that one give away something else? Oh, no, else? no, it's, okay. <laughs> I mean, I could edit this whole thing out, but I'm not going to, no, it's fine. <laughs> I buy crap on Fanatical all the time. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get it. Fanatical, very good way to get cheap games. Uh, I yes, don't know. That's where all these codes come from. <laughs> I give people away. <laughs> all right, and that will bring us to our last part of Shelf Stack or Box. And Dan, why don't you go first? I'd probably put this in the stack. Uh, it's probably not a game I'm going to play again soon, but uh, I came away pretty positive on it. And yeah, maybe revisit it somewhere down the line. Okay. Uh, what about you, Adam? So I'm a huge Zelda fan. I have a, just so much Zelda stuff that this would have to go up on the shelf. Not because, you know, it's a great game, which it is, because it's going to look good on my shelf next to all my other Zelda stuff. And I really want this 52 page manual. So I can look through all the artwork, but game wise, it'd be close to a stack. But the more we've talked about this game, it's on the shelf. So much Zelda is in this game, you know, so much lore, like the enemies, town names, just little things here and there that in the future games are a callback to this. And I think if you're a Zelda fan and have a way to play it, it's definitely worth a play. Um, Yeah, it's hard, but. I really liked it. <laughs> and real classy looking box art for yourself. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'll go laugh. This is going to go in the box. I cannot. I never want to play this game again. I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I beat it. I'm glad I can finally say, yes, I had tackled this Zelda, but it wasn't for rewind. I think even with safe states, it would have been just hell for me. It, it was the fact that I could rewind every move I made that made it playable. And I was able to get through it. And so I can't I can't put a game like that on the shelf that I did not that, that gave me so much trouble. But it is a good game. Like I I will be recommending this to people like to play the Nintendo Switch version, but play with rewind. Don't think, oh, I'm going to, you know, don't do what Dan did. I will never recommend anyone does. what Dan <laughs> did. I liked it. <laughs> it. See, that's my next one. Like now that I know what I'm doing, I'm going to I'm going to play without a guide. You know, it it will be a little easier, but I know I'm still going to get stuck somewhere. Yeah, but that's insanity. Yeah, I I'm not recommending it to anybody. <laughs> so that was Dan's choice, but no, I'm not. I wouldn't tell anyone to do what he did. So I give you, I give you prop. 
I, I would tell some people to do what I did. Not everyone. I'm not that kind of person, so I can't even. Like, yeah, I, I, I would not recommend you do that just with how you enjoy games and, and what you get out of them. Oh, I play every game on easy. Yeah, which is totally valid. And that's you probably wouldn't enjoy playing this game without save states or rewind. <laughs> yeah, I don't enjoy getting my ass handed to me in games. Yeah, if, if, if you're not looking for like a really difficult time, I would say pass it up. But if you you're up for the challenge and just really want some good Zelda lore, it yeah, because even like the towns, like looking back at the towns, I remember every time I went into one, I was like, this is so cool being in a town like it's weird. Way more towns than in uh, any other Zelda, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, just the the world feels big. I guess Breath of the Wild has a lot of towns, but and like, you ex- I played that. Yeah, you expect <laughs> that from a yeah. game. Yeah. <sighs> I might be walking out with Breath of the Wild today. If I go to GameStop and I see it's, it, it might happen. It's so good. It's such a good game. <sighs> My wife will judge me because I bought Breath of the Wild brand new the day it came out for Wii U and have yet to really play it, so she will be judging me if I go by it. I've, I've been struggling with that with a uh, new U, new Super Mario Brothers U, and I ha- like I have it on the Wii U. It's in there right now, and I'm just like, oh, I really don't want to hook it up, uh, and it's only forty dollars now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if it, if it was twenty, I would easily buy it. Or if it was like thirty with all the DLC, I would have no problem buying it. But it's Nintendo, so I I need to yeah. just understand that they don't care. Like that. Yeah. I, I will also say, uh, if you're not entirely against hooking up your Wii U, that game feels way better on the gamepad than on the Joy-Cons. Just the, the controls just feel much nicer. Yeah, my Wii U is hooked up, sort of, but I don't I won't ever use it. So, yeah, that's valid. I have to. The last time I used my Wii U was to play Pokemon Snap for the show with Adam. Oh, that's a good. Because I could not get the ROM to work. Played it on 64. <laughs> I don't have one of those near me. <laughs> I have one in Milwaukee, I think. My old one is in Milwaukee at my parents' house still. Which I Anyone play that second Pokemon Snap? I, I love Pokemon Snap to death, but I haven't played one. I, I played it. it what, what, when we end the episode, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, that's, we should wrap this up. Um, so I want to talk about what, the next week's episode is a game that I have been meaning to put on the show for a while, but I didn't want to. But I'm doing it because well, it's a good game. Uh, next week, we are covering What Remains of Edith Finch. So, oh, that's a game. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and if you like and if you like what games my mom found uh, talked about, you should probably check out Talk Games to Bubblegum and what they thought about it as well. I forgot you covered that game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> shameless. I mean, it doesn't affect me. You, you I'm gave not, me a I'm chance to shameless me, plug it. Yeah, it's God. I love that. Game. I just forgot that you covered it. It's more of yeah. I was surprised. I was like, oh. Yeah, I haven't played it in years, and Tiff, Tiffany, my wife, is a big fan of it, and she's been trying to get me to put it on the show for a while, and I just didn't want to, but I figured it was time. Yeah, it's a good game. Have Have you played it before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know exactly like the whole game. She's played it like multiple times, and the other guy I got that's joining us, he's played it before too. So, but it'll be good to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah. And I need a shorter games because then we're covering Pokemon Emerald after that. So I need something to give me more time to finish Emerald. Fair enough. That's when I put this together, at least. <laughs> and uh, yeah. if you want a little more Zelda 2, I should have something up on my blog, Ludo Narrative Discotech. By the time the show goes up, um, links in the show notes. All I'm right, still yeah. figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, just send it to me and then I'll I'll put it in there whenever we have it. Cool. All right. And Adam, where can people find you at? Talk games to bubblegum. Uh, and I know for the past like three episodes, I said we're coming back, but I know we're recording episodes today. I have been making some new graphics. It, we 
might even have a merch store coming up. It, it I got way carried away with the graphic designs of some new things. And all we could keep thinking was like, oh, that would make a great shirt. Oh, that, nothing oh. wrong with that. I've yeah. been saying I was going to make shirts for the longest time, and I still haven't. So Yeah, uh, but no, we're super excited. And I know I, I keep saying it, but soon, soon we'll be back up and running. Good, I'm excited for you. Because I know you've been wanting to, and I know it's been a while. Yeah. I'm glad that it's coming for you finally. Yeah, it's oh, so good. Yeah, congrats. Thank Podcasting you. is a, a drug. It really is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I... I, I I, I know too well. <laughs> Way too well sometimes. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can go find. Well, actually, I should say we have other Zelda episodes. I shouldn't be amiss to, to say that, even though I always seem to forget to say that sometimes. So I'm going to pull up. If you want more Zelda and you want to hear our opinion on other Zelda games that we have done on this show, we have covered Legend of Zelda Minish Cap, episode 141. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, episode 123. Ocarina of Time, episode 105. A Link to the Past, a special guest, Jeff Cork, who was at Game Informer at the time, episode 50. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, episode 27. So if you want more Zelda, you can go check out our reviews of those episodes, too, which what's, are good. What's the best episode of those? I would say Minish Cap, because okay. I, I was on that one as well. Majora's Mask is pretty <laughs> damn good. We got into yeah. all about like the death and everything and what the I, game is like referring to. Yeah, That's, Majora's Mask is probably... Never really finished good. that game. It's Gotta a finish. good game. Yeah, I should really... It's a lot Zelda. of crap, but it's a good game. So I highly recommend that one. All right. And last thing that I should say is we got an awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury at TikTok. You will see a link in the show notes to her TikTok. Definitely go follow her. She made her music. And please follow some Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube, but only audio. But we're there if you're listening to your podcast while you're at work, like I have before. It, it works well. I put an open tab and just put it on. So you will see all our episodes there. They usually go up the same day, sometimes a day later. Sometimes it just depends on when I get to it. But if you're ever looking for an episode, you can't find them. Go on Podbean or some other podcast platforms and you will find everything. Everything is out there. It is sometimes like iTunes and Stitcher will only show 150 episodes. And, and I have produced 200 and like 70 some 70 some episodes at this time. So I'm a little insane. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys go check that out and we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.